Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, uh, we'd like to encourage anyone looking for help with their digital marketing to get in touch with Site Visibility. Whether you have a burning digital marketing question or you're looking for an agency to work with, they'd love to hear from you. Give them a call, plus 44-1273-733-433, or you can fill out the form at sitevisibility.co.uk slash contact, or alternatively, you can talk to either Scott or Sean via the live chat function on the site. They'd be happy to help. Now, today I'm joined by Philly Visa, leading SEO expert, speaker, ex-Google engineer, and former senior member of the Google Search Quality team. Philly, how are you doing? Hi, how are you doing? It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, you're calling, or I'm calling you, you're in Germany, aren't you? Yes, I am. I live in Berlin and travel to uh, around the world, basically. Fantastic. I'm not going to ask you what the weather's doing in Berlin, because I always ask people what, what the weather's doing, and it's turning into a meteorological forecast. So instead, instead of asking you what the weather's doing in Berlin, I'm going to um, ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself and Search Brothers. Yeah, sure. I can actually tell you, though, it does snow here today. Is it snowing today? It, it's snowing, is it? It is snowing. It's, it's feel, the, the feeling temperature is like minus five. Oh. So... Uh, it's nice. But yeah, so I'm basically an SEO and I am currently at Search Brothers together with another former Googler, also someone who used to be on the search quality team, that's Kasper Szymanski. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, obviously, I worked for seven years at Google, of which I spent most of my time uh, at Google Search Quality. I also tackled a little bit of click fraud and I did a lot within teams uh, on communication like uh, on, on the forums, also helping in the background on blog posts, as well as speaking at conferences. Uh, I did a lot of training, trained other people in the team, especially, and approved their work. One of the other key elements that I did, as well as I programmed internal tools for yeah. uh, penalization, as well as for workflow improvements. And then last but not least, uh, I was also responsible for creating uh, a unified policy, uh, internal policy document that uh, unified our strategy on how to penalize, what to penalize, uh, how long to penalize, which pattern to penalize, what penalty to apply, etc. on the inside of Google. So it's kind of like the opposite of the webmaster guidelines in a nutshell. 
Now, I always get very excited. I'm making it sound like I'm frequently speaking to ex-Google people here, but I, I do get rather <laughs> excited when I, when I have a, a Google person on the other end, end of the line. And I'd like to have a nice sort of quite generic chat about, well, a number of topics to do with SEO and googly things. Let's start off with penalties, because you just mentioned penalties there. Um, yeah. Let's talk about penalties. I mean, specifically... There's actually two things I'm quite interested in. Algorithmic penalties and this notion of once you've been penalised, are you always penalised? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so it's actually kind of interesting because I hear the term algorithmic penalties very often. And um, I it's kind of funny for me because uh, it doesn't actually exist. So there are manual penalties. Those are penalties. Those are in the Google Search Console uh, highlighted as manual actions. Yeah, those are uh, manual actions applied by the search quality t- uh, search quality team. Uh, they apply this. It's kind of like what falls between the cracks of the algorithms. Like Google likes to solve basically anything with an algorithm if it can. Yeah, but the algorithms aren't that far yet. Although they do make continuous progress. Don't get me wrong there, and they make a lot of progress over the years. But while an algorithm is running, certain things may fall between the cracks. And this is where then manual teams come in, they evaluate, they see what falls in between. Now, sometimes these manual teams are big manual teams, like, for example, at the time it was with the Google search quality team. Uh, Sometimes these are just a couple of engineers that are checking up on their their own algorithm or an algorithm of someone else, another engineer, to see how how this can be further improved. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a big manual team. And, uh, it's important to keep in mind. It can be, though. And when it comes to uh, uh, web spam algorithms, there are actually no algorithms that actually penalize, right. but there are team members that are penalizing. So an algorithm penalty doesn't really exist. It's a very common misconception in the industry. And, 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 and that perception comes from, well, an algorithm update happened, my website went down, hence I was penalized. And the thing is, no, uh, that's not penalization. It's like if you go drive around in your car with a nav- uh, navigation system, say TomTom or uh, Garmin or any of those type of things, mm. and you took the wrong street or you missed a turn or an exit, mm. it doesn't mean your tires are slashed and your car can't start anymore and you are stuck at that point. It means you'll have a longer way to get there. Yeah. You see what I mean? And that's the difference. It's not a penalization as it is a reevaluation or recalculation. Like uh, the navigator would, uh, navigation system would basically recalculate the route to a new route to your destination. Yes. Whereas in Google's per, uh, perception, it basically means uh, that they're recalculating where you're ranking. Yes. Yeah. So, and this is this is the key thing to keep in mind. So, uh, penalization does happen. It just doesn't happen algorithmically. It happens manually. So, there's always a human behind it. For the penalization part, yes. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't be impacted by algorithms. Now, impact is different than saying, "Hey, I'm penalized." So, from an impact perspective, you can absolutely experience a negative ranking or like going down in ranking from an algorithmic update. But that's the key thing to keep in mind. It's an algorithmic update. It's Mm. a change to the algorithm or to the data 
that the algorithm is processing, or both. Yeah, so it, it, sometimes it's not actually even an algorithm update. It's actually the data that is being updated behind the, behind the algorithm. Yeah. And we, we've seen that, for example, with Panda and Penguin. Uh, neither one of the two are currently penalizing. Now, in the past, it is true that Penguin would take into account uh, as a negative factor the the bad backlinks, so to say, the the, the backlinks that weren't good to, uh, for your website. Mm. But that doesn't mean that you are penalized by it. It would just count as a negative in the total sum of the entire algorithm of all the trends it would see. It's not an actual penalization yet. It does it does impact your ranking, but it's not a penalization. Does that make sense? It does. And it kind of clouds the second bit of the question in a way, because this this sort of how long does a penalty or being penalized last? I, I'm assuming it's a slightly more complex answer now. It is. It depends on the penalty to start with. Yeah. Uh, but in most cases, you can say, like, if a manual penalty is applied, you will see it in Google Search Console. And when a penalty is applied, you can file for reconsideration. So in that case, it could be shorter. But if you say, like, yeah, I'm not doing anything, it will, over time, time out. So over time, we're most of the time talking over a time span of several years minimum. Yeah. At that point, the penalty may time out. Does that mean that the website won't be penalized again after that? Well, it's absolutely possible because the moment that a penalty times out, the necessary, the, the offending behavior, according to the Google Webmaster Guidelines, may not be going yet. Mm. So another Googler may relook at your website. Now, that's depending on how visible your website is or how, how, uh, how many backlinks you have and everything like that. There's a whole bunch of signals that Google looks at for when and how to evaluate uh, the website, how they prioritize their cues uh, of looking at websites. Um, but at some point, your website will pop back up on the radar. And that could be literally the day after the penalty expired, could also be three months down the line. But at some point, someone will look at it and they will see that the penalty was expired, nothing was done about it, and they will also see that it's still there, the offending behavior, and you'll get re-slapped with the same or a more harsher penalty or another penalty. It could be that policy has changed in the meantime. So as a result, once you penalize, you, if you don't fix the problem, yes, you will likely be penalized over over a long period of time. And we're talking years and years. And then you have to ask yourself, uh, can you afford it for your business that your website is penalized mm. for that period of time? Like two years or three years or four years is an awful long time in, 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 in the internet. Yeah, it is. It's a lifetime <laughs> in the internet. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so from that perspective, can your business afford that? Yeah. And in most cases, the answer is no. Now, once you file for reconsideration and you fix the problem, first fix the problem, then file for reconsideration, or do it the other way around, don't even file for reconsideration until you actually have solved the problem. And uh, one of the, th- the funny things, are, I, like I was part of the reconsideration team also, and uh, some of the reconsideration requests that you saw come in were like, yeah, we were penalized for links, so I fixed all the H1s on my website. Can I be reconsidered now? It's like, yeah, so you didn't fix the problem? No. Uh, you know, that, that kind of stuff. You need to fix the actual problem that Google is highlighting. And it, w- once you fix that, once you fix the problem from, the, uh, according to the Google Webmaster Guidelines, 
then you can say like, okay, let me write in. There's no point writing in before that. There's no point writing in to ask why you were penalized. Try to solve the problem first. If you can't solve the problem first, you're just postponing it because any reconsideration request that doesn't actually solve the problem just gets rejected. So you, if you have to wait three weeks for, for a reply or five days or whatever the period is, because that fluctuates per language as well, per per the, whatever the queue is at that point and, and stuff like that, sometimes uh, they're in a few hours, sometimes it can take literally several weeks before they get back to you. And during that period, you're just waiting for an answer. You know, And unless you actually fix it, you won't get reconsidered. Yeah. Now, once you fixed it, and Google says, okay, you know what? We can see that you have made a genuine effort and tackled the problem and fixed that. Now we can say, okay, we approve your reconsideration request. And from that moment on, the penalty will be removed from your website. And you'll see that in Google Search Console. Now, if you, it, sometimes Google Search Console doesn't really update well. Just send in a second reconsideration request if it's still not gone after like five days. It should be gone within 24 to 48 hours. It can lag sometimes a little bit, but it should be relatively fast. Once the reconsideration request is approved, if five days later it's still there, even though the reconsideration request is approved, just send in another email as a reminder saying, hey, uh, this was approved. Can you confirm and please remove it in Google Search Console? And they'll remove it uh, if that's the case. Now, it's also possible that you actually have different problems. And while you were filing for a reconsideration request, you may actually got another penalty on top of that as well. So you have to solve that as well. Once you solve everything, Google will basically say, okay, you're good now. We will reconsider you. you will, the penalties will disappear from the Google Search Console. And from that moment on, you're not penalized anymore. Yeah. But you have to keep in mind, and this is where a lot of people then go like, yeah, but I'm not ranking as I used to. The thing is, you were not supposed to use. Uh, you were not supposed to rank that high in the first place. That's why you got penalized. Right. Yes. So a lot of people they go like, yeah, but uh, like my penalty is gone, but I don't have the traffic back. Yeah, of course not. Now you have to start working for your traffic. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's a common misconception as well. But you won't. Google will give you the benefit of the doubt. Google does not want to be vengeful. Just because you had a penalty in the past does not mean that that will inhibit your ranking today. Yes. As long as you comply with Google Webmaster Guidelines. It's interesting, actually. You said that you could get uh, you could get another penalization on top of an existing one. It does remind me, actually, a little bit of when you park your car on double yellow lines and you get multiple tickets on your windscreen when you get back. You can absolutely get multiple uh, uh, penalties applied to your website, yes. Yeah. And you will have to apply for them separately. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Right, what should we talk about next? Uh, HTTPS, you've mentioned that quite a lot recently on the webcast. Um, HTTPS, when and why? And some interesting uh, nuggets of information I'm sure you got for us. Yeah, so uh, obviously... uh some part on 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 HPS is uh, I absolutely recommend to move to HPS, even though actually the inventor of the World Wide Web, Tim Berners-Lee, wasn't really too happy with it because it breaks every link, because we have we're changing every link with adding an S now to it. Yeah. So every URL has to be recalled. Every URL has to like literally everything has to be updated. So and the thing is or. Technically, it's not necessary to add that S to make it secure. We could have made everything secure on HTTP. We could have added certificates on HTTP. There was no reason to add the S. Mm. There's a historic reason from a computing power perspective in the past when the web was just a year old. But today, that doesn't really matter. But yeah, so when should you move? Like the why part, I think it's kind of obvious, especially now that uh, Google Chrome is moving to mark every HTTP website as not secure uh, within the next few months. Yeah. Um, Firefox uh, will join that as well, if, or basically is kind of already there as well. So that is the why in a nutshell. Like we don't want to, we don't want to have a signal broadcasted to our uh, websites visitors that we are not to be trusted. So from a brand and brandability perspective, we need to update. Yeah. But when to do it is actually quite in, uh, another interesting question. I actually wrote a post about this on the uh, on Search Engine Land because a lot of people make the jump to update as quickly as possible. And the thing is, although it is important to update and to, to move to HPS, and I have an 11,000 word guide on this on how to do it from an SEO perspective, you do want to wait. You do not want to do it too fast. And the reason for this there's a unique opportunity with moving to HTTPS, and that is to improve all the SEO signals Google has about your website. Yeah. So we talked about earlier about algorithms, and everything about the algorithms is about input-output and the black box of the, of the algorithm. And the output we don't control, that's the rankings. The algorithms, the black box, we don't control. But what we do control is the input. And the moment that we say, like, we want to improve our rankings – we need to improve that input. Now, it takes Google normally quite some time to recrawl a website and pick up all new signals of a website, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, and especially the bigger website, the bigger this problem is because of crawler budget, et cetera, and old URLs. Now, the beautiful thing is in this case, and you can use the opportunity, if you haven't moved yet to HTTPS, my first thing, uh, my first advice and recommendation to you would be stop. Do not move yet. If you have moved already, ignore this. Mm. If you haven't moved yet, wait, stop. Because this is the moment to do an audit, to check your website, to check all the SEO signals, to improve your website. 
and then move to HPS. The moment you move to HPS, your whole website will be recrawled, or at least the re, uh, a representative impo- uh, part of your website that is responsible for your rankings. Yeah. And now that will include all the new signals that you have from implementing the recommendations from the audit. Now, is that because um, you suggest doing um, an audit before you move to HTTPS? Is that so that you can get a baseline and see how it's improving it? No, although you can do that too, uh, if you want to do it for a baseline purpose, sure. No, what I'm saying is that if you move to HPS, Google has to recrawl every URL. And that is because of that S being added. Right. Yeah, that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. So uh, if Google has to recrawl everything, how often can you tell Google to recrawl your entire website? I'm with you. Now I'm with you, yes. Because you know by converting it to HTTPS, it's going to get recrawled pretty quickly and pretty much in one go, I'm guessing. Exactly. And would it not be nice to have improved SEO signals at that point? Yes. Because normally, when you update your website, say that you do an order today and you're already on HPS, just for the sake of argument, you're already on HPS and you do an order today, you implement everything tomorrow, yeah? Yeah. And you have, say, a website of 100,000 pages, just for the sake of argument. Yes. Yeah? How long will it take Google to recrawl that 100,000? Oh, my Lord, months. (laughs) Years. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah now imagine you have a, uh, you have a million pages yeah oh yeah now keep also in mind that we also often normally have a significant amount of crawler budget waste i will be talking about how to optimize for bots at brighton seo this year but you do want to keep in mind that if you have a million urls it's not uncommon to uh, one million indexable urls it's not uncommon to have at least 10 million or 9 million additional non-indexable URLs, which are basically crawler budget waste. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So not only do you need to get Google to recrawl the 1 million, you also have to let it recrawl the 9 million, so 10 million in total. Yeah. Now, how long does that take? Even longer than I said before. (laughs) Yeah. Now, if you do this audit before you move to HPS, you have the advantage that that period, instead of being months or half a year or longer, mm. now being a couple of weeks, yeah, maybe one or two months, and all the improved SEO signals will be quicker indexed. So that's what I'm saying. The, the key thing there is, if you're moving to HPS and you haven't moved yet, it is better to be one month late and be one month marked as not secure, because here's the thing, you won't be the only website. There will be a ton of websites that will not have moved by the deadline by the time that Chrome goes uh, not secure for all HTTP patterns. Yeah, If yeah. you're not the first one, that's perfectly fine. You already are not the first one if you haven't moved because everyone else moved three years ago or four years ago in 2014 Yeah, when Google started with the HTTPS Everywhere campaign. Yeah. Yes. So that's four years ago almost. Uh, you're not the first one anyway. If you still have to move at this point, wait, do not at first, improve your SEO signals before you move to HTTPS. Because then the improved SEO signals can be taken into account as the input into the algorithm. Now, that's fantastic information. But I want to talk about something uh, that I know that you'll be very knowledgeable on and have a lot to say about. We're, at, uh, we're already at about 20 minutes, so this needs to be quite, quite quick. But I would love to talk about link building, and specifically uh, link building in the context of our links still important. Yes. 
links are most definitely important, and especially also for Google. Google loves links, and uh, they love links because of discovery of content. Now, obviously, the original Google uh, algorithms were based on PageRank, PageRank still being a bit of a factor. Uh, we as an industry have overly obsessed about PageRank to an extent that, um, which is a funny fact, we have, like, just imagine how many SEOs there are in the world. Yeah, A lot. Can, can you give me a number, an estimation? Um, an estimation. Let me think. Let me just pull a number out the air. Um, yeah, that's uh, fine. 175,000. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I would actually say at this point closer to a million because if you look online on LinkedIn, how many online digital marketers there are and that also work in search, you probably get closer to a million. Probably. Um, But a lot, but still, say a million. Yeah, just for the sake of arguments. Yeah. And we have more than 2 billion users online. Yeah. Yeah, that is, those are people that are not in the SEO world. Yeah. Yeah, and for them, the SEO world has broken press releases, widgets, infographs, comments on blogs, forums, do I need to go on? Yeah. We as a small industry have broken so much of what makes the World Wide Web. Actually, we have broken anchor text. Yeah. Yeah. We have broken anchor text by over-optimizing anchor text. Now, the funny fact is that um, links are important, not just for Google, but for the web. It, it's, a key th- it's a key pillar. It's, it's the crucial pillar of the World Wide Web. Without links, there is no web. And links is the invention that made the World Wide Web. If you look at the original proposal from Tim Berners-Lee for the World Wide Web, yeah. is literally hypertext, which already existed at that point in digital format, hypermedia, which are photos and videos and whatever, again, yeah. that already existed on computers, yeah. and hyperlinks. And the hyperlinks part was the invention, the ability to click from one document to the next document. That was the World Wide Web invention. Yeah. And that's what we have broken. And that is, however, on the other side, why links are still important. Without the links, there is no World Wide Web. So is link building important? Yes. Is uh, link, Are links still important? Yes. Is Google against links building? Absolutely not. Is Google against link building for the sake of page rank uh, for manipulating the rankings? Yes. Yeah. They are against that part. But it's the focus on the second part of that sentence that we need to focus on what Google is against, not the first part. Google isn't against link building. It's against link building for page rank purposes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you take off the page rank part, what can we then still do with links now? Well, to be very honest, uh, I hear a lot of people, they buy links, uh, blogs and mummy blogs, uh, soccer mom blogs kind of thing, you know, or um, no, uh, a whole bunch of, of private blog networks and stuff like that, mm-hmm. press releases and you know, if you're active like this, if this is the way you're building links, you're doing it totally wrong. And it, 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 let me just refresh it. If this is the way you build links, I would just, and you pay for this, I would simply say the following. Get the money that you pay for this and find the trash bin nearby, throw it in there, because that's basically what you did. Yeah. Yeah. And that will cost you less effort than actually paying for links that don't help you. So the right way for link building Again, link building is fine, just not for Patreon purposes. Why do we want links? We want links because we want conversions. Like if you, if you ask very quickly, why people building links? What would be the reason? To assume uh, SEO and Patreon, yeah? Well, yeah, to improve their business and get more conversions and get more traffic to the site. Yeah. If, if I, most of the time when I'm asking like, okay, why are you building links? People will tell me because I want to rank higher in Google. Yeah. I want to get more page rank. Yeah. 
Yeah. So then my question is, why do you want to rank higher in Google? Is the sole purpose of your website ranking in Google or is it getting conversions? The latter. Exactly. So how about we cut out the middleman, which is Google in this case, and focus on building links that drive convertible traffic to our websites. We don't care if a passive paid rank or not. We care if a link actually drives conversions. There's a double uh, benefit with uh, this approach. For one is, it will take a little bit longer for Google to recognize you as a brand and pick up the link juice and even the no-followed link juice as you don't need a lot of links to be recognized as an authority. You just need good links from good places. Yes. And they can be no-follow. It's not about the page rank. It's about being mentioned as a brand and having the solution, having good content and having a good user experience on your website. If you focus on all of those things and not on the page rank part, forget the page rank part, focus on those things, then although it may take Google longer to recognize you as uh, an authority, it will recognize you over time because over time you are growing an organic or partially organic with uh, no follow links, backlinks to your website and authority across the web. Yeah, in relevant um, relevant websites. In the meantime, while you're building those links and while you're still uh, waiting for Google to recognize you, you're already getting business. Because those links actually drive convertible traffic to your website. Yeah. So during that time that you're waiting, you get paid as well. So it's not only that a long-term strategy that you grow, short-term, you benefit as well. It's like kind of having, it's the scenario where you literally can have your cake and eat it too, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, Philly, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, if you had, uh, out of all the things, all of the brilliant tips you've given us, but if there was one top tip for our audience today, what would it be? Oh, be, if you're serious about SEO, you do need to audit your website at least once per year because SEO keeps changing. Yeah. And just a few of the things I mentioned just a moment ago already with HTTPS, even link building, make sure that you don't have toxic links to your website. You know, These are things that uh, can hold you back in the end. So uh, do an audit, do it once in a while. If you're serious about SEO, you do need to do it at least once per year, depending on the size of your website. You may want to do also with multiple uh, SEO agencies as well as both in-house and external. The advantage of external is that they basically can have a different view than your in-house team. So you do want once in a while uh, a double check. You know, they come from it fresh, so to say, not uh, tainted by previous experience of the website itself. They can look at it as Googlebot would look at it, who doesn't have access to your internal databases necessarily, your sales database, et cetera. The, uh, that's one of the advantages of going to an agency. At the same time, you do want to check also, if you have an in-house team, you want them to check regularly as well. And just while our listeners are all putting that, um, do an audit, do, do an SEO audit on our website, on their to-do lists, just um, tell our listeners um, how they can find out more about you and Search Brothers. Yeah, so if you uh, are interested in reaching out to me and Casper, both of us uh, former Google search quality, we have obviously our website, like most other people, uh, searchbrothers.uk, and you can find us there. And I would also invite everyone uh, listening here, want to connect with me, connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, that's probably the best way to reach out to me. Uh, just find me on LinkedIn, and I'm, I don't know if you guys can add a link to it, but... 
Yes, we can make sure that those links are on the show notes at the end. Uh, that'd be easy to do. So thank you very much, Philippe, for coming on the show. And uh, thanks for listening, our listeners. Show notes are at the usual place, sitevisibility.co.uk slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, um, please leave us a review so that we know how we're doing and continue to bring better marketing ideas and advice. Um, we're open to questions and suggestions. So the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet us at sitevisibility. We also have a LinkedIn group, a site visibility LinkedIn group. So that's all from me, Andy. And it's all from Philly. Bye-bye. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. 